Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello and welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by Matt Knight. Hello. Joe Branton. Hello. And Jay Cross. Hiya. Did it in a different order, I Why? just realised. Why would you do that? I don't know, I sort of looked over there at Matt, who's coming to us via the internet, then I looked left and saw you, unfortunately, and then Jay's at the end. But, but we've always the, sat this way. I know, I don't know why. You know, it's new, 2016 new year, new shake-up. Yeah. I've had a cabinet reshuffle. <laughs> Um, how is everyone? How was your Christmas and stuff? Yeah, it was great. How was yours? Yeah. Good. Yeah, very good. Family and that. Saw uh, all the uh, nieces, or the niece, as it were. Um, yeah, it was all right. Nice to have a little break um, from work. That was how, good. How long did you have? Oh, I'm, like still not, I'm still not You're back. still on holiday. I'm still not back. Still on holiday. At the time that of this mental. recording, I'm back on the 11th of January. So so you got three weeks off or something ridiculous. When uh, was your yeah. last day? Christmas uh, Eve. Christmas Eve. So like two and a half weeks. But oh. we finished early and went to the pub. Yeah. I got four days. Sweet. Yeah, four days. The joys of shop floor retail. Yeah. But I bet it's good in there. I mean, I bet it's busy, but um, was, has it been much of a Christmassy vibe? Um, I just—it's amazing how many people wait till after Christmas to like, buy to buy a big thing to buy to buy things because um, you know it's it's almost like it's getting late in the last sort of ten years I've been doing it, it's been getting later and later and now to the point where people are actually physically not buying anything before Christmas. It's, um, it's gone post Christmas rush rather than yeah, pre Christmas. Yeah. So you got Black Friday, uh, which was really busy, and then it kind of like really really quiet, and then like really busy post Christmas do you think that's because people are buying their Christmas presents on Black Friday and then they're getting money and stuff for Christmas so yeah, they spend so. after and it's, it's funny though because then I always think with that then like Nam is like what three weeks away yeah. two weeks away and like there's going to be so much new stuff I just think it's almost worth waiting like another month and then getting deposits down on stuff that's inevitably going to be new oh, it's started this, al- it started already i've had press releases and everything is, is this matty trying to put forward a case um for why his shop should be closed for like a whole week after christmas because like well listen there's no, no before, point in- before christmas that's what he's saying well, but also after it's like well there's no point in buying anything after christmas because nam's uh, so just but they're genuinely let's just close who would buy a new thing before the new releases for the new year i mean well you well, maybe say it's that buying an old thing things. Yeah. yeah, it's people buying old things. So it's people buying the NAM releases from January in late December. 
The problem is, unlike, um, you know, kind of a lot of media and stuff, stuff that's released at NAM, a lot of times doesn't even come out in the same year. You know, it still is like a, it's a trade show. You know, it's not, in theory, it's not consumer facing. You know, it's it's buyers are going there to work out, okay, right, these companies got this product, these products coming out over the next 12 months. This is what we should be looking out for. But it's kind of become like a guitar convention, I guess. Yeah. Talking um, of products like that, I, I'm I'm pretty sure there's some shops in America that have got that T-Rex replicator tape oh, echo. They're in the UK. They're in the yeah, UK. We, yeah. We, we really? I haven't seen yeah. one yet. I've seen one. I've seen one in have the you? flesh. What's the? I young... went down into the warehouse. It was when it was delivered. I took it out of the box. I took a photo. I thought I put it on the group. Maybe I didn't put it on the group. I oh. put it on my my Instagram. I went into Joe's shop to have a go on it, and uh, they hadn't got it in for me. Hey, so, hey, yes. I can't play. <laughs> it comes in this uh, this really nice little leather holder. It's Does like, it? uh, yeah, yeah. It's like the sort of thing that I imagine, you know, like George Clooney keeps his toiletries in. His Nespresso machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's, you know, just like this little brown leather thing with a okay. furry interior. And then you've got your uh, ridiculously expensive pedal but does it is it giggable do you think it's like worthy enough to be giggable does it like get? sit on a pedal board no well i mean i don't know man would you risk it 600 quid would you put it on a pedal board it looks sturdy it? though it looks oh, well no, sturdy don't get me wrong. it does look really sturdy um but you're just yeah, thinking I, about the that, monetary value but then at the, the same time factor. you know how much are things like h9s and you know mm-hmm. high-end mm-hmm. process and things and yeah, that's point. but I'm, I'm almost almost thinking that is there any point bringing a six hundred pound um, tape echo when you know? Unless the venue is going to be absolutely tip top, unless well, the I PA mean, is going to be. I don't think they're aiming it at like you know Bobby Bob Jobs who's no, playing no. on the Queen's Arms. I no, think it's true. A- but even like even even if we go to medium sized venues, if we look at like the Brixton Academies and places yeah. like that I, I, I don't think that would be like I meant I mean, sort of in comparison to like stadium sort of thing yeah yeah sorry I, um, yeah. But, but I'm not even sure that it would be worth it for those do you think it would be worth it for those? I think it completely depends what you do I mean if, you're, if your sound if your sound um, revolves entirely around that sort of analogue tape sound which Strymon already do very well yeah, but I think at the end of the day, it's um, it's more like it doesn't matter what it does, to everyone that's hearing you. It doesn't matter what you're using, yeah, but to you, it it's that's it's all about what what you're playing through, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. so. I think it's probably going to be more of a, a home or right. studio. studio. I think it's kind of the debate we have on all these things, really, isn't it? And mm. it's like, where are they actually pitching this? To be honest, a lot of the pedal market is just people that play at home, so yeah. make it as kind of expensive and like unwieldy as it needs to be because it's probably <laughs> the majority of people buying one are not going to gig it and also that it's you know who's buying something like that probably someone who has who uses a, an re201 yeah um or you know or similar yeah. and it's certainly going to be more um it's certainly going to be more durable than someone who never goes out and gigs yeah well yeah well not necessarily but you know it's ah. that's that's the sort of person who's probably going to buy a replicator you know so when are you getting yours matt i don't know i do you know what i i, I was i said because i was saying before this podcast i haven't played guitar pretty much all, overall all over christmas and apart from about waiting out? for my new apart from waiting for my new guitar to turn up I, I i'm kind of like a bit like maxed out i'm just like 
I don't really know what I want or or anything. I'm kind of a bit like, well, Matt, I, just, I, mean, I don't think, I don't think we've spoken about it. We haven't guitar, spoken have about it, no. It's been spoken about on the group, but we should definitely talk about your new guitar. Yeah, well, I haven't actually got it yet, so I'm... Uh, I... Uh, Maybe I should wait until I've actually got it. No, but. no, say it now so that it builds hype. <laughs> well, how, how, okay, right. So um, I walked into a shop and they had um, the Les Paul that I spec'd in Nashville hanging on the wall. Um, so This is the guitar that you actually spec'd yourself when you were in Nashville. It was one of the guitars I spec'd when I was in Nashville and the guy obviously decided that it was a good... The guy who runs the European custom... or the European side of the custom shop basically has very similar tasting guitars as me and obviously decided to order it. So I went in looking for one thing that I thought I'd never find and then found the one thing that I thought I'd never see. So I... What were you looking for? Your Esquire? No, I was putting... I was looking for a one-pickup Les Paul Custom on the complete off chance that they might have one um, and I ended up putting a deposit down on a 58 Les Paul in Ocean Pink I mean it's the best it's genuinely the best spec Custom Shop 58 Les Paul in, the, a, in um, the best colour that Gibson ever. do which is Ocean I, I mean I, I really think I prefer solid colours I'm not really into figure top or or like flame top or bird's eye top or anything I think plain top look better and that pink is amazing yeah well, the, the thing is I was like um, it's the LPR spec so it's got the vintage correct neck tenon as well which to be honest doesn't really make much difference to like the overall sound but it's obviously a more vintage correct spec um, and yeah it, it came about because um, a friend basically posted up a link to the music zoo in New York um, which like a massive um, Gibson custom shop dealer had a second well, had two second hand um, one pickup Les Pauls a one pickup Les Paul custom in silver burst and a one pickup 58 in T-burst and I was like the, I mean it was such a good price I was like mm, I really really tempted but it was going to cost 600 quid to import it and I yeah, was like uh, it's always the stinger yeah and then there's, there's like you know I know that I've ordered stuff from America before and and from various companies and they've kind of just marked it as like warranty repair like you've not even asked they've just gone oh we'll mark it as you know but it's only like a hundred quid pedal whereas it's like a 600 quid guitar you don't want to mark the value down because if it gets damaged you're never going to be able to claim the value back on the insurance yeah um, not a 600 so, quid guitar no you said no. It, yeah, yeah okay 600 quid 600 quid to for VAT was just like mm. you could arrange your own collection but once again it's just like it's, it's expensive so it's kind of a bit too much of a risk. And I just walked into this shop thinking, ah, they're a pretty big custom shop uh, dealer in the UK. I think they're actually one of the biggest. And um, I was like, do you have one? They were like, no. And, I, and then I turned around and they had this pink Les Paul. And I was like, when did you get that? And they were like, oh, like a few months ago. And I was like, oh, I wonder. <laughs> and lo and behold, it was basically what I asked for. So what did you have to say? Christmas came early. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, I already know. So, what did you I, sell? Um, well, I haven't actually. That's the reason I haven't actually got it yet because I put up for commission um, my SG because, to be honest, it didn't. I didn't. I hadn't played it. I, I I I bought it and I just hadn't played it. And I think it's the same thing I have with all the everything vintage I ever buy. To be honest, unless it's a '59 Les Paul, I just don't think it's as good as anything that you can get new almost. I think there's a cool vibe about some vintage stuff, but to be honest, is it as playable? Is it as nice? I don't know. I've, everything I've owned that's ever been as old, I've kind of never really 
been as attached to. So you think the new Les Paul might be the only new bit of kit on the uh, on the horizon? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I mean, there isn't anything we, else. He said that often. Oh, of course. He said that with but the SG. I, he said that with the Esquire. Yeah, with the seventies telly. Oh, it's the constant turnover. Yeah, I, I just can't think of anything else that um, that, that, that that's out there at the moment that I kind of really want. As, like, the as, stuff <laughs> always pops up, but it's like you know. As you said earlier, Matt, Nam is two or three weeks away, so there definitely will be new stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and I think a lot of um, press releases probably came out today. So there's probably going to be a lot more over the next couple of weeks as well because people tend to announce everything early now. Um, so you kind of know exactly what's coming out at, at NAM. So yeah, to have to keep an eye on things. But I, I don't know. I'm kind of also, because I'm still in the middle of buying a house, which is taking up the majority of my money, uh, trying not to think about buying anything is probably a good thing. Yeah, I'm uh, in the same situation. I keep seeing loads of like new cool stuff, and I'm like, no, I'm supposed to be saving. So, kind of why I'm glad I got a PlayStation because now I can just sit and play computer games and not actually have to look at the internet or guitars. <laughs> but the thing is, you're surrounded by them all day, so you will something will get you. Something will get you. Something will. Did anyone get anything guitar related for Christmas this year? J Cross. Um, no. No. Joe Branton. Uh. No. I actually did. Whoa. I got the, um, I mean, it's nothing uh, super exciting. I got the Groon Guitars uh, book. Have you seen that, Matt? It's the, it's, um, it's over there. I can't forget what it's called now. Complete History of Electric Guitar or something like oh, that. I saw it. Uh, it I had like I've a 62 that. jazz bass on the front. Uh, it's got... A little bit of one. Yeah, yeah, it's got a bit of a jazz on the front. Um, it's really cool. I'd highly recommend it. Um, so it's co-authored by the guy that runs Groon Guitars. Um, and it's loads and loads of wicked pictures of wicked, like, vintage guitars and talks you through the history right through from the kind of Rickenbacker, uh, frying pan, lap steel, um, right up to more modern, you know, stuff with Floyds and things like that. So, yeah, cool. super, super cool. It's given me some new video ideas and things we can talk about on the podcast and stuff like that. So, uh, There's nothing like lifting your information from someone else. Well, you know, just taking <laughs> inspiration uh, from it. So, yeah, all good. Um, should we do some news? Nude, man. Good. <laughs> First up, and this has been in the kind of there's been a bit of a barrage of new information over the last uh, last couple of days. People gearing up for Nam as we've uh, as we've been talking about. First up, brand new ESP guitars. Um, there's a whole range. There's so many new models. Are there? It's ridiculous. I was just clicking the link that you uh, you sent us uh, pre podcast, and I was like, that's a lot of guitar to there's, take in. There's got to be all, there's probably eighty guitars there, something like that. Would we say? Yeah, at least. So, I mean, it's just, have you guys uh, had a chance to have, a look, have you had a chance to have a look through it yet? Yeah. Um, do does anything stand out to you? Because the thing that kind of um, caught my eye were the snappers, which are the kind of ESP sort of high end Strat style, um, which also carries down to the SN range, which yeah. are the um, uh, the more affordable the LTDs. Um, but there's some new signatures in there as well. Jay, have you got you've got the list. I've there. got the list open here. Yeah. What do you think to the snapper? The, the snapper, they look. Uh, do you know how much they're going to be? I well, there's, there's a range. So the snappers are uh, ESP on the headstock, so they're going to be quite expensive. Oh, so be, yeah, yeah. But they also do the SN range as well, with which are LTDs. The only thing, that my only problem with, and this is just sort of going off off a first glance. My only slight problem is they they do kind of just look like uh, Pacificas. Sure. You know, and essentially, if it says ESP on there, they're going to be probably 
800 quid, but like the cheapest. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of money to be paying for something that, you know, I mean, you could buy an American strap for that money. You could, but they are offering something different. Obviously, neck profile is different. There's going to be humbucker in the bridge. Yeah. Slightly kind of more modern body shape. If you want something that's kind of not your granddad's strat, then... Yes, yeah, um, of course. They, and there's like the flame the flame and figure top on there Yeah, and they stuff. do like some natural woods that look amazing. Like that second one in there with the, the maple burner. neck. Yeah. Which the are, AS burner. The okay. AS burner. The AS burner. Um, has, uh, I think has they're doing one with... Um, I think they're doing one with Fishman Fluence pickups as well. Okay. As, as standard. Um which are probably going to be the only production guitar with them in, but I kind of like them. They're sort of like, I suppose someone who maybe wants like a Sur or something like that, but like a cheaper alternative. Yeah. Because they're about eight, yeah, I think they're just shy of 850 quid. Okay. Right. Uh, on the LTD range. I don't know how much the ESP range actually is. Um, I think this, all the 2016 stuff seems to be the first time ESP have taken the the rather inappropriately named Stream uh, yeah, uh, body that, shape. That is that they are they are awesome. I really, I like, really them. like them. Really into them. They remind me of those old um, those Yamahas with the one massive horn. Remember the really futuristic. Oh yes, um, the SBX. SBX. Yes. Um, yeah. So they they look really cool. They they did put out a couple of bases last year. And I I don't actually know if they put out guitars, but it looks like what, they're ESP? doing. Yeah, yeah. Every year streams. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I know they do guitars every year. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought you. Were, I thought you were saying that like no, no, did they release they any new guitars? Any new guitars in the uh, any guitars in the stream body shape? It was. It was. I like don't a, think so because that's the one. Shape. That's the one in all the new marketing. That's the one that they're pushing. Yeah. So I wonder whether they've kind of copied that over. I think it looks cool. It's the, like the stream guitars look firebird. Great. I'm not into the headstock. No, the all. headstock's the best bit. I really like the headstock. But they've they've released um, a couple of. A couple more bases. They've added a five-string option to it, and it's kind of got a traditional feel to it because it's it's just by virtue of having a scratch plate and them doing it in like tobacco sunburst style of things. But they've introduced a couple of more modern-looking uh, versions that have that sort of layered carved top. They look um, super cool. They look they look great. If you want like something that's a bit different and super modern, then I think those uh, that which is the stream the uh, the the one zero zero four. And zero five series, catchy named. There's uh, also um, LTD versions available, isn't there? Um, yes, there are. Those ones are specifically. I mean, those are the kind of the carved top oh, yeah, yeah, wood sure, finish sure. style ones. Yeah, they do like um, that. They've they've got a current series of two hundred four and two hundred five streams yep. at the moment, and um, and it looks like they've added. Um, some more high end yeah, stuff some, in some more ESP finishes and E2. Yeah, exactly. Um, I like I, those um, as well. These ones well, look a bit like a P bass. Yeah, bases are interesting uh, this year. They've introduced uh, another um, new model um, called the AP, um, which was basically them going, hey, you know what was really unpopular that definitely didn't work for Yamaha when they <laughs> brought it back? The BB. So let's make. BBs. I mean, I don't know why they've done this. This is almost guaranteed not to take off, but. This uh, the new AP series, which looks. I mean, it does look a bit like a P bass. It's the, the, somewhere in between precision and Yamaha BB. The difference is that they will probably actually push those quite heavily, and they've got a big <laughs> range of artists, and there'll That's probably true. be some sort of signature model version at some point, which That's is right. not something that Yamaha really do, apart no. from Billy Sheehan. You know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, these so they, they, they could have some legs. legs. Could the have some B, legs. They've also got that that fan fret. 
Yeah, they've, they've won they've, 004 SE. That's right. They've followed Ibanez straight into the sort of fan fret production line. I think that looks really good. Like, if it looks interesting. You, yeah, it's not my cup of tea, but I mean, it's. I think it looks cracking. I mean, the 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 wood finish, the sort of swirly. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that is actually. Koa? some sort of koa. Yeah, I don't think it won't bigger. be. It won't be koa. Well, maybe. Well, yeah, um, it's I think high, it looks quite. I really like those angled um, pickups, angled that way. I think that looks super cool. Um, and uh, and the lastly, they've uh, they've introduced the uh, that Tower of Power bass player. We spoke about him. Ages yeah, I've forgotten ago. his name. Um, they're finally doing an LTD version of that, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. They're doing an affordable version of that. Still with a through. Um, Oh no, it's not a through neck on this Looks, one, is it? No, they're bolt. They All, bolt. But what it does retain is that weird jazz bass pickup right next to the bridge for yeah, the most toppy angled, sound. Angled, but angled on the low string side towards the yeah, bridge. Yeah, the so wrong way round. Your low E is going to be just treble, and then they've got. But to counter that, they've put an active Aguila P bass pickup right in the neck. Yeah, but even that's reversed as well. So you've got the. Yeah, it's, a, it's a very, side. very oh, weird, yeah. it's very a, weird setup. Um, these are all available to check out. Over that sounds at, cool. Yeah. yeah, I've played one of those bases. They're um, yeah, they're very, very odd. I um, I was just having a look at the Michael Wilton signature. Who yes. obviously they've gone. What do you want? And he's gone. Well, you know my band logo. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like, can you put it on every fret? And then can you put a massive one on the body? And then can the body print be also my logo <laughs> multiplied several times? I did notice that. All these are available for viewing over at ESPGuitars.com, by the way. There's a kind of new models section. But, yeah, that um, that Michael Wilton one is absolutely hilarious. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I really, really like my band logo. So just put it... I drew it, don't you know? Just put it on every conceivable surface possible. Uh, they've done a, um, a seven-string telly as well. Yeah, I saw which those. Which I reckon... <clears throat> Will be really, I really like popular. Those. I like tellies they when done they're done in a metal while. style. I don't know if they've done a an LTD seven string um, telly. Have they? What's his name? The Stephen, Stephen Carpenter, Carpenter has had like a set. He's got an eight string baritone and a seven string. Yeah, and normal eight string, I think. But uh, they were ESP. They weren't LTD, were they? Um, no, they were LCD. Oh, were they? I don't think okay, they were super expensive. I think it's just that the line has had a bit of a revamp because they've got like right. burled maple tops and things like that on there now. So. It's 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 still um, these seven strings just white actually. Oh, sorry, the ones next to it. Yeah, the, um, the 401. The kind um, of more metalised tellies. They've introduced more tellies in their other series, though, as well, some slightly more traditional-looking ones that look great as well. But um, actually, quickly, yeah. back to that, that fan-fretted bass. I just read the specs on it, and it's the same Nordstrand uh, humbuckers that are in the Ibanez version of this. Really? And actually, they've also gone for a hip-shot mono bridge, which, which is are when the, you have the individual bridge pieces, individual for saddles. Each yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, I've used that as well. Yeah, so this is absolutely, and it's Babinga <laughs> the top, which okay. is again like a really common Ibanez. Yeah, yeah, this is basically an Ibanez. Did you ever get round to playing those Ibanez with the fan frets? Yeah, I did. I had a little go. What's you, the verdict? Well, you don't really notice it, okay. um, which which is good because it means it's you know I guess the intonation or. Yeah, whatever is in it's just a you know it's it's fixing a problem that doesn't need to be fixed well, for me. Yes. But, but but yeah, you know whatever it makes you look cooler, I guess. It makes it it looks it makes you look like you're doing something harder than what you're actually doing. It would make you look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes, no, nothing will ever ever don't me. So alongside those, there's also some new Ibanez models um, this year. A there's there is. 
not everything's been announced yet. There's some that have been 100% confirmed uh, and some stuff that's kind of being rumoured. Yeah. And Ibanez have released the worst-looking guitar I have ever seen. What's that? It's uh, actually a reissue, um, and it's their... Um, they, they introduced the sort of bases in a similar shape Not last the towel, man. Yes. What? Dude, What's wrong with you? That looks awful. That it's got white strap. jack plug. Yeah. yeah, what's that? It's It's got white strap. Um, volume and tone controls on like this horrible white scratch plate. I but like then, the Talman. I think, but it's then good. the tone control is is on the bridge plate. Yeah. No. I really like jack plate. Actually, I must admit, jack I'm surprised plate, they're not sorry. more popular because you're seeing you're loads surprised? of people in America. No, it looks like a Tanglewood. <laughs> There's loads of people in America playing Telemasters, which is that weird custom body that Warmoth offer, which is like the half. Jag, Jaguar, Jazzmaster, half Telly. Yeah. Which basically that's what it looks like. And there's loads of people on there yeah. online who are playing them. And I'm like, I'm surprised not more people are going, actually, I could just buy this Ibanez that looks exactly the same. And it's going to be like probably 400 quid and is pretty cool. Joe yeah, Brandon is doing a Joe Brandon's definitely wrong about this. Awful. Um, I like they're using the old Ibanez logo on the headstock. Yeah, I think it's super yeah, cool. cool looking. I think it looks really nice. If the, if it comes if in it any... If a torque garb, maybe. Well, any colour other than Sunburst I think would be a massive improvement because I think the Sunburst, they... it's hard to do a Sunburst on a guitar at that price because they can end up yeah. looking a bit cheap. Um, but a couple of new acoustics as well. Um, fan fret acoustic. Fan fret acoustic. What's the model I, number on um, that, Jay? The GB10 SE. It's a Benson. What is no, even the no, point the, in this? The Ibanez is the ALFF10NT. Oh, I think there's no. A no, couple. the AF is the jazz body. Yeah, the AF is a jazz body. Yeah. Oh no, no, the GB is the jazz body. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's yeah, the, the Benson, Benson is the jazz body. Yeah. Sorry, this is the, where I'm looking has been laid out really badly. Yeah, the AEL. Sorry. A-E-L-F-F-10-N-T. I, um, I think fan frets are going to be the new um, H-string. Really? Just Ugh. like just like Dumble's going to be the new uh, clon. I think it's all, it's all shifting for 2016. We're going to see fan frets everywhere. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of down with it. I think it's funny. I mean, I, I, it's not something that yeah, I would ever need. That's exactly but, what it is. It's funny. But that's what... T- that's, <laughs> that, but so are seven strings and eight strings. That's why people buy them. Um... So and a, another left-handed bass, I think, are the models that have kind of been. Yeah, out sorry. So far. And there's also a, a new GB10. Um, a, yeah, there's also a new Talman acoustic. And bizarrely enough, like I know that they look a bit weird. They're actually one of the best-selling acoustics. Yeah. Like um, because they're a thin body, they're quite lightweight, they're nice um, acoustically, but they sound great plugged in. They've yeah, got, for um, people who don't care what they look like. They've kind of taken over a bit of that market of uh, Yamaha APX, like that thin yeah. body, small, designed for stage, decent preamp um, yeah. acoustic for two to three hundred quid. Talking, talking of Yamaha, I don't know. Did we podcast? Um, no, I don't know if it was. We've not talked we about the Rev Stars. Yeah, we've not talked about the Rev Stars. Have, have we? we? So, for those no. who don't know, uh, in between uh, times of us podcasting, uh, pre-Christmas and now, Yamaha released a whole line of new guitars called the Revstar. Um, are they based on an existing model? Was no, well, no, it's a completely I, new thing, but it's very, very similar to the Yamaha SGs. Yeah, I think that's the thing, isn't it? For ages, everyone's been going, well, I know I certainly have, and I think Jay was the same, going, can you just hurry up and make a cheap, uh, yeah. cheaper Yamaha SG? Because they're awesome guitars, but they're, you know two grand and then i saw these and was like that looks like a cheaper yamaha sg <laughs> and they do a, a, do a range of awesome models with loads of different pickups and loads of different finishes great and different colors interesting tail pieces and bigsby's and p 
P90s and Humber. But they just sort of appeared from nowhere, and I, I don't think that many people have made like a massive um, like shout about them. Really? really. Oh, the um, the I'm, colours on the the top end model um, look amazing. They're called like retro rust or something like there's that. There's rusty rat. Okay. That's not quite as cool as I remember it sounding, but <laughs> yeah. there's Rusty Rat, which is like it looks like a Pelham Blue type colour. I okay. guess. Yeah, it's like there's a matte Pelham Blue. Steel Rust. Okay, that's what I was thinking of. And Ash Grey. They but all look also really colours like uh, what's this one called? Wool Fade. And there's I think there's also one called like Brick Wall or brick something burst. like that. As well. Brick Worst. Brick Burst. Brick Worst. <laughs> brick Verse. <laughs> the um, German brick, variety. Brick Burst. Brick Buzz is a very odd <laughs> colour for a colour name. Brick Buzz. But the weird thing is, is that some colours only come out like each each series has its own set of colours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and also like own inlays on the on the board. I think this is it's got to be one of the most um, substantial selections you can get from a single instrument. That cheap stock yellow looks great. Looks amazing, and and the whole neck is yellow. Is it the back the, of the neck? The back of the neck is, is yellow. Yeah. Neck or are they bolt neck? Um, they're not, not going to be. They're not going to be glue, are they? They, they yeah, they're nothing's bolt. bolt. Surely they're bolt. I'm sure, nothing's nothing's bolt. Really? Wow. J Cost confirmed. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure they also um, ha- some of them have Bigsby's as well, which is quite cool. Bigsby's yeah. in like the big toaster style Gretsch pickups. That cheap one, the one that retails yeah. at three four nine or whatever it was. There two nine nine, isn't it? No, I think they're three eight nine. What is um, going on with this in website? In TV Yellow, they look. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, they are great. Um, Josh did a really yeah. good video of like all of them, um, playing every single one, and they are really, really oh, yeah, cool. Two eight nine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's that's it. I mm. can't believe you guys didn't notice, but like, I'm super excited about this. The, the shop I work at are doing like a day for them. Oh really? When's with, that? With every. Oh, I've got to book it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we're gonna do a day. For... Oh, I've actually got to do some work. Yeah, I've still got. I'd to like book to come it. to that. But we're gonna have. Like all of them there and stuff. They're, they're, they're is it going to be really great? A weekday. I don't know, man. Can you make it a weekend? I can do a weekend. Yeah, I was probably going to do a weekend. Yeah, that'd be good. I want to come to that. I'm glad we're working so this it, around. Can we you. make sure Hawks aren't playing that day? Yes. <laughs> okay, great. Thank you. So what's the? Because at eight twenty, I thought was the big, the most expensive range. Yeah, what's that, the I think R- that's about RSP twenty right. CR. I think it looks like the range above the eight twenty. Oh, I've not got. I'm on. A, I don't think we've got the deets of that. Mm. Looking up looks like this. on yeah, the interwebs for us, Matty. Um, while you do that, should we dive into a bit more news? Um, Keely, Keely Pedals uh, have just announced the Gold Star Reverb. Um, have you had a chance to listen to this yet, Matt? Because I listened to it today and it sounds unbelievable. Tough market uh, at the moment, though. Reverbs. Well, reverbs. There's a lot out there, but honestly, trust me, this pedal sounds... It doesn't sound like a regular reverb. It's got some very, very unique things about it. Is it all it's, like um, the shimmer thing in the room? No, no, not at all. It's like totally the other way. It's like. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Dirty sounding. Oh, yeah? It's really, Good. like, absolutely uh, smashing it out of the park at the moment. I mean, they're, they're releasing, like... 12 new pedals or something like that I think they, they did loads last year it's it's almost too much to keep up with yeah um, uh, we, we just uh, we, someone pointed out on the Facebook group uh, earlier just before we started doing this that Earthquaker devices have basically scrapped most of their lineup yeah and are now and are releasing like 15 new pedals at NAMM something yeah like that. I think we knew that I think I didn't know that oh, okay. I only found out today but um, so potentially we've missed our opportunity to get a rainbow machine no, Rainbow, Rainbow Machine, I think, is still current. Um, in the, cause I only They'd seen, be like, mad yeah, to disc on that. I've only seen like a graphic of the new pedals, and it had like all the old pedals were in there, and then there was like the bigger was the, the new ones, and I'm pretty sure Rainbow Machine was still in there. So, yeah, so have you had a chance to listen to the Gold Star, Matt? I, I, I haven't, to be honest, because um, I've, um, to be honest, I didn't even know they'd, like I said, they're doing so many pedals, I physically can't keep up with what's coming out, because I think they've got. They had the 30-second multi-tracker, which came out like a few months ago. And before that, it was the Dynatrem. And then all of a sudden, I think they've got um, a Viboverb, um, the Abbey Road Chamber Echo. Yeah. And they've also got the Memphis Sun, which is the lo-fi reverb and double tracker. Um, so a deco, basically. Yeah, basically a cheaper deco. Um, and then the multi-echo as well, which is a bit like a... Um, an Echoplex. Okay, okay. Well, so the, the Gold Star Reverb, as far as I can remember, has got three modes on it. It's got um, what they call like a dirt mode or a drive there's, there's mode. There's a distortion. I just had a look at it. Distortion, uh, compressed, and flanged, I think flanged, is, the flanged, yeah. is the other mode. The, yeah. So the distortion mode sounds like someone's just like overdriven a kind of reverb tank. It's like really dirty. That sounds awesome. Kind of really horrible sounding, but also like in the best way. The compressed one, I think, is based on like some famous classic reverb, um, and then the flanged is, as it sounds, a flanged reverb. But it sounded way better than any other flanged reverb I think I've ever heard. Um, again, great video demos like on their site. Um, the flanged reverb, which takes up most of the demo, just sounds otherworldly. It sounds awesome. Mm. Because um, it was um, it was when they did the um, the double tracker, and I was like, oh god, this pedal seems a bit rubbish. Like just a double tracker, 30, 30 milliseconds, and I actually had a go on one. I was like, actually, this thing sounds amazing. Yeah, and they've kind of got like reverb like down to a T. Like all the reverb stuff that seems to be coming out seems to be like amazing, and not just like oh, let's just make an ambient reverb and add an octave up. They're actually making reverbs that like people want to hear. You know that someone's going to use on a pedal board or maybe just even in the studio 
Yeah, it's it's very much that. And I think what they've done with the Gold Star is like, there's three sounds in there that you wouldn't necessarily get on any of their other reverbs. And it kind of, you know, if maybe if you've already got like the Abbey Road one for a more traditional verb, you could kind of tag this on and it will give you like three kind of weirder sounds. Um, but without you having to buy, you know, something like a, a Big Sky, which is just loads and loads of stuff you probably wouldn't end up using. Yeah. Do you yeah. know how much this is hitting the shelves at? Any idea, Matt? Uh, I don't at the moment. Uh, it's on the American website at $179. Okay. So it's probably so going to be $149. Yeah, probably $149. When's it getting launched? Is this a NAM launch? Um, they announced it uh, this week, so who knows, basically. Oh. Uh, it's just, um, probably it sounds, sounds like something I would definitely purchase. With these kind of um, more popular boutique companies, it tends to be that they announce it and it's available almost straight away. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They seem to have the launches down yeah. quite well, I think. Definitely. Keely and Earthquake and that. I think they're, they're pretty good. They've got 15 different reverbs on their website. <laughs> well, delay, a delay and echo, is 15, <laughs> and that incorporates some reverbs. And one of them is like the Jimmy Hazel signature echo phase. And it's okay. like a tape echo, but it's also got a phaser built into it as well. Nice. It's quite cool. Yeah, they've got some cool stuff that, I mean, like I said, they've got, I'm just on the website now and I'm like, I haven't, like, the place where I work is like Achilles Stockist and like some of this stuff, I'm like, I haven't even seen or heard of this stuff. I think they're just like making pedals and then like all of a sudden they just like appear. Um, they seem to be, what, what else is new that I haven't seen? Uh, the Charing Cross, all Germanian overdrive. <laughs> Octave Fuzz, uh, the DS9, um, which basically looks like a tube screamer. Oh, nice. Like are they, are they allowed Trek, to do Star that? Star Trek DS9. Yeah, yeah. Are they allowed, allowed to take kind of parts of two really famous pedals and just like mash the name together? Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming so. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you know, police. Um, talking of brand new pedals, uh, another release this week: the Alexander uh, pedals, Jubilee Overdrive and Calavera Phaser. Um, Matt, we talked about the Jubilee Overdrive in the group, didn't we? Uh, it's yeah. basically a Marshall Silver Jubilee in a box. Yeah, it looks awesome. And there's a nice little touch of the LED. is like a miniature version of the on-off switch from the, um, you know, when you get the Marshalls with the um, the black on-off switch and then the see-through red standby switch. Yes. It's like the same material. It looks really class. Nice. Um, and the great thing about these guys, these are the same people that make um, the disaster area designs like MIDI switches and all yeah. the MIDI stuff. Um, and like I know they've done a couple of um, they've only been going I think since like early last year um, I think they've been like designing stuff for ages but they've only kind of like launched within the last sort of eight eight months or so um, but all the stuff I've heard has been really really good yeah it seems that they've got some they're bringing out a lot of new products and it's all been really well received like this Jubilee I mean it is just basically that kind of slash tone in a box basically yeah um, and yeah, the Calavera Phaser, um, again, a bit like the Gold Star Reverb, really, in that it's kind of got three sounds packed in there um, and just offering just loads of different tones, basically. Again, with something like a Phaser, you don't normally get a variety on there, I guess. It'll usually just be more or less and rate. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's nice. I mean, it's the, I was looking at their flanger for ages because it, it actually sounds like a for me, like flange is almost like a really unusable effect, um, but their one's you know it's got a couple of cool modes on. It's got like a really nice dynamic uh, mode on it, and they do a really good um, tremolo that just sounds like an amp tremolo. So it's a bit like a cheaper version of a, a Strymon Flint, but sounds yeah. like equally as good. 
Yeah, yeah, cool little uh, company to kind of keep an eye on. Basically, they could be up there with, like you say, Strymon and Wampler and and people like that. Yeah, I hope so. Definitely. Um, and one last bit of news this week. Uh, people have probably heard it already because we're kind of a few days behind the news coming out. Uh, unfortunately, Lemmy passed away this week. Uh, Boxing Day, I believe. Yeah. Um, Joe Branton, obviously big man in the base world. Lemmy, not you. No. Um, <laughs> um, what are your thoughts on Lemmy as a bass player and that sort of tone? Yeah, I mean, well, it's, it's it's very different from anything I go for, but um, but yeah, I mean, Lemmy was was absolutely a bass player who gave an who defined an awful lot, and I think he changed a, um, how bass playing could be perceived, yeah, um, and how heavy you could play. And things. there's there's a great little video. I don't know what the video was made for about him talking about how he gets his tone, yeah, and um, he. Uh, He's he's in front of his rig, his ridiculous like two four fifteen, yeah, whatever they are, and his it's a massive Marshall head in between them with his ridiculous carved uh, Rickenbacker, yeah, and um, he says he's he's like, well, it's easier to to explain it like this, and uh, he he plays his bass and he's like, most bass players play like this, and he plays with his he he, he plays with his fingers and he's like, boom 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 boom. And it, then he's like, and I play like this, and then just turns around to his amp, pulls his hand across every <laughs> dial, <laughs> and, uh, and then just starts just plays starts playing chords on it, and like then continues to play this piece. It's, it was basically twelve bar, but he was doing like the rhythm and a little bit of lead on right, it okay. as well at the same time, just by sort of a couple of like simple open note yeah. bar chordy style things. But it was it was great, and I think that's that's kind of what was the thing about Lemmy is that he wasn't the most complicated bass, bass player in the world but um, actually he did a sketch he was in a, a comedy sketch um, and I'm not going to talk about the, the infamous performance on um, on the young ones but uh, oh, yeah. he did another sketch I can't remember the show it had uh, yeah. do you know the one I'm talking about? I do know the one you're talking about it's um, I can't remember but yes it starts um, off with a fella playing Playing guitar, um, back. Playing it's, like it's, it's been doing or, the rounds on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, I've seen a few times, so de- definitely worth watching. It's a, about um, a fella who's learning to play guitar and, and finding it very difficult, and him, uh, uh, him and his son um, work out a way, uh, 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 coming up with a plan for how they could possibly sue the guy who wrote the book for it not being. This is very long-winded. The, the <laughs> gist of it is, they imagine a court case where they have loads of famous players coming in to sort of prove a point. Okay. And they have loads of famous guitarists and and, and, and bass players in there. They have like um, uh, um, Eric Clapton's in there and and um, Mark King's in there and Lemmy and lo- like loads of people and Dave Gilmore and and at the end they have them all jamming together and basically all you can hear is Lemmy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just why it's of so sheer good. volume. Yeah, just because of sheer volume. But to be honest, he sounded way better than Mark King. Okay, yeah. I mean, I would say that's 100% true 100% of the time. Yeah. So, there we go. Sad news. Uh, and uh, yeah, let me in that. He only, he only found out about having the big C a few days earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah got a couple it, of it days. Was very, He's very been ill for a while though, hasn't he? Like, yeah, the, the, the cancelled tours and things like that. Yeah, but the, the, the cancer un- just jumped on him and just... Like right. it just it was very I mean, very aggressive. I can't imagine that his immune system was in particularly good shape well, after yeah, yeah. fifty years of boozing 
heavily every day. Yeah. Actually, one of our um, podcast listeners, uh, a chap called JD Short, um, who uh, is lives in in LA, um, in America. He um, he used to work for Rickenbacker, and he used to carve lemon really? space. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. What a job. Yeah. Sounds exactly. right. His, his profile he, picture is, is did he have much, more than one though, or was that just? I think did it, he have the only no, one? it was a range, wasn't it? They, they, yeah, they actually made did, them. Yeah, did, I remember there was a series. Yeah. They were about five grand or something, weren't they? They were really that expensive. They were. I mean, if it was if they were hand carved, yeah, then then yeah, JD. That's why they can't picture. make. That's why they can't make them any quicker. Oh, what do you mean you've got an eighteen month waiting list? Oh, we've we've got to carve another Lemmy base that takes at least a year. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a hold up. Bit of carving to be done. Um, should we dive into some questions? Yeah. Questions. What's so funny about a bit of carving to be done? I don't know. It's just just the way that you were like so desperate to move Jay's on. Jay's imagining it like a carvery. I'm just, just, uh, just a bit sad about Lemmy, you know. Carving. Just getting over it with doing a podcast. Tonight. Okay. Questions. Chris says, I've been doing some more little hardware upgrades to my strat, considering some graphite... Gra- <laughs> you can't do a stupid voice if you're going to mess it up. You're not allowed to do the right, silly fine. voices if you mess it up. Right. Chris says, been doing a li- some little hardware upgrades to my Strat, considering some GraphTech saddles. Anyone tried them, Matt Knight? Yes, I have. They're on a Strat I had about eight years ago. So I I can't comment what... I, to be honest, I don't remember them actually making anything sound any better. Um... I just think they were slightly like if I think maybe if you got if you break a lot of strings perhaps yeah they might be a decent upgrade um, but I found the best upgrade was actually if you say for example if you've got a Mexican strat they've got um, composite metal saddles so just buy some stainless steel ones yeah because uh, they just they are much much better it's um the graph tech stuff is funny I can kind of see like the point of the nut because that's you know that's where strings kind of catch and pinch yeah. I tend not to find that with the saddles very much and like just regular pressed steel saddles seem to be fine yeah. like you're saying unless, just, you're, uh, unless you're having a major problem with breakage um, yeah I'm not sure that it's much mm. of an upgrade The uh, if, you, if you're having tuning stability issues then buy roller nut that, I found that to be probably one of the best things you could do that that just makes everything stay in tune like really really well do you think that's locking machine heads do you think a roller nut over one of the regular graph tech nuts yeah 100 percent. if you can fit it it makes a huge difference definitely um have either of you guys tried them or tried guitars with them on no um i've tried the yeah i've tried some of the stuff with not not the graph tech i don't think i've tried the the roller nuts stuff. okay um, and I thought they were they were pretty good. Um, they just look a little unwieldy. That's yeah, that's the only thing, isn't it? They look that a bit is the downside. They do look very unwieldy. Um, another thing, if if one of the things that you're worried about is the um, you know string breakages, try some try some different strings. Those MYXLs have proven very very popular, yeah. um, and they do appear to last a lot longer. <clears throat> um, I've only had a brief go with them, but um, yeah, they they appear to be pretty pretty rocking. Definitely. Definitely. Andrew says, does anyone know the European relay, relay state? release date for if the... If you can't say these things properly, then I'm going to do them in voice. silly voices. Stop doing silly voice. Very good. I was awaiting that one. Thank you. <laughs> Andrew says, does anyone know the European release date of the Line 6 Helix rack unit? Yes. Matt Knight. Uh, oh, God, what was I, Jay I was say? just going to say, they were, they were supposed to be out at the same time as the floor units in okay. like September. Yeah, I, 
Any updates? No, since then? they would. They would. They would do. Uh, they were always due after the oh, okay. uh, the floor units. Um, but no, and I wouldn't. I. I mean, I. I probably. I could probably get a rough idea, but I wouldn't want to say. The only thing I would say is for working in stores that things like that are ridiculously back ordered through back orders, and the best thing to do is if you want one, is put a deposit down because guaranteed the first couple of ship- shipments will probably all be uh, they'll just be fulfilling sold. orders yeah 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 definitely i still so, haven't had a chance to have a proper go on one yet so i've literally had 10 minutes with one so what's the advantage of going for the rack unit over the floor unit i just think some people either want to integrate it into a studio um or maybe already have some other bits that they're going to integrate it with the live rig or you know some people might have something like an esa or something like that that you can then integrate multiple pedals into that as well because it's full MIDI control so you could obviously hook it up to some some people might already use an Axe effects and then they want a Helix as well and they're going to combine the two and they're using the floor controller because um, it doesn't any, come with a controller do you get any more outputs or anything like that because it always used to be with the Line 6 stuff that the floor units didn't have any digital out and then the rack units had do you know what I don't know as far as I'm aware it's exactly the same unit okay um, it's just the rack units are minus any any touch buttons sure um and i suppose the the advantage of the floor one for editing is obviously you've got the touch sensitive metal buttons for editing which yep. is it's quite a cool feature which you're not going to have on the helix so i'm assuming maybe the user interface well actually the user interface is the same so i don't know if there's going to be some sort of computer editing that people can be able to do or then, i suppose then, if, you, if you're really good with midi editing using a midi floor, floor controller should be relatively easy i'd be very surprised if there wasn't some sort of like software interface that you could you know, USB into your computer or whatever and uh, mm. edit that way and just use it kind of like as the brain. Yeah, I'm just waiting for that for the ESA. Imagine how good that would be, being able to edit all the patches. Is that on its yeah. way? Uh, not as far as I'm aware. Unless uh, there are some people on, there's a there's like an ESA users group forum and there's one guy on there who's like, I think I might give it a go and actually trying to program it. We're going to get some actually do it. Some bootleg, dirty well, bootleg I've, OS I territory. If, if you know how to like program and write for Sysex, then you probably can. But yeah, yeah, I, sure. I'll just like, I'll just knock something up in Sysex. Don't worry about it. It's like uh, it's like we've, we've mentioned it before, but those old Line Six uh, modules, and you could program your own if you knew how to program DSP code. It's like, yeah, sure, make your own digital effects with di- your digital <laughs> DSP code. It's, it's open to everyone, ages eight to eighty. Um, <laughs> little Christmas present for your nan. What, Get what some... happens if you're eighty-one? Just, you, you can't. You can't. You can't. Anyone who is over eighty and knows DSP is shot on sight. It's uh, <laughs> it's a weird ruling, but you know the EU. What can I say? Um, Steve says you've talked about favourite guitars the ones that got away the ones that you should never have sold but does anyone have not so fond memories of buying a complete dog it's hard to buy a bad guitar these days but I had a couple in the 90s Jay Cross what have you regretted buying um I guess you know yeah 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 we all know the answer yeah yeah, of course but like are we counting stuff from when you were like you know because when I was 15 I bought a 7 string yeah (laughs) we were waiting for it and and, I mean what was I thinking I was never going to use that was Was it an Ibanez it was an Ibanez it was the entry level Ibanez one and um, it's just I, I don't know what I was thinking I really don't know what I was thinking <laughs> well wasn't it that Mark had I, talked you into buying it no it wasn't no that was something else that was the Gretsch something that was else. the Gretsch yeah it was the Gretsch when I wanted a telly um, <laughs> but um, yeah it's a I sign don't, of a great salesman yeah mm. or just someone who just trusts their mate too much that's <laughs> what it does yeah fool me once 
Um, but yeah, I um, I guess only that is the only thing that I really regret buying. Um, I've, you know, uh, there's there's been a lot of stuff that I've bought and sold, but nothing that I would say, oh god, why did I buy that? One one mug, apart from probably that seven string. But I was fifteen or fourteen. I was at secondary school, so I was maybe I was probably fifteen when I bought that. But you know, there we go. Joe Branton. Um, not a lot. I think generally I've made good choices, but uh, oh, <laughs> you've had so many dogs. <laughs> what, like what? Uh, let's see. How many BBs have you had? Oh yeah, I've had lots of BBs. I mean, the only BB I'd have to call um, was a complete dog. Was when I bought a um, uh, like a water damaged 1979 <laughs> BB800. God. <laughs> um, this is like, the one you had fairly recently, right? Yeah, yeah. It looked like at some point it had been used as an alternative to a hammer for something but, <laughs> or a, a more more aptly a, a paddle yes yeah it was it was good though i loved that i was like this is gonna be amazing i'm buying like a 70s guitar it's yamaha bbs that i'm really into it's already relicked and i'd probably pay to get a relic job so i was like this is gonna be brilliant it was atrocious <laughs> it was it it basically didn't have a 14th fret um on your d or g string sweet uh, we're, we're like why had that fret nearly gone some people love that note they just <laughs> love it <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so uh, i'd say that that was that was pretty bad but I, you know i didn't lose any money on it i uh i sold it to jimmy faulkner oh nice someone that's you know one of your mates yeah exactly sweet, good <laughs> good man night um Apart from the regret of buying, obviously, the 70s telly and selling by SG, I don't think I actually regretted it because it was a hound. I think I regretted it because I sold something I shouldn't have sold. God, the life of Matt Knight, regretting purchasing a 70s butterscotch telly. Oh, yeah, regretted it. Yeah, but it's only regretting because I sold something I didn't want. So normally, in most situations, you'd be like, yeah, no, that was a good purchase. I, I can't think of a guitar that I've bought and gone... Yeah, I shouldn't have bought that. An amp. I I bought a Marshall AFD 100. I mean, it wasn't a dog, but I don't know why I bought it. Because I was like, yeah, that's going to be great. And actually, it was an all right sounding amp, but I never used it. Um, I think I plugged it in once. Yeah, 212. 100 watt slash voiced Marshall head for you essentially to use in your bedroom. You know, for my Strat. Yeah, great. (laughs) Sweet child of mine sounded awesome. (laughs) Um, mine is uh, I bought a 62 Jazz not an actual one a Japanese reissue Why, how could you regret that from that, the 90s that's the best. it was one of the worst basses I've ever played oh, um, is this where your hatred for jazz basses come from um, no it just wasn't very good uh, and it just in general I think the jazz is a little underwhelming and this was very oh, underwhelming that is didn't what, play what very nicely Sunburst Oh, so some best with a tour guard. Yeah, exactly what I'm playing at the moment. Yeah, might even be the same one. <laughs> no, uh, mine's, mine's not Japanese. Is it not? Is yours Mexican? Yeah, the, the Mexico. The, they did a, a limited edition tweed hard case nitro oh, yeah, finished yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, version. Sure. Oh yeah, I forgot you got that. Yeah, this one. This one was just Best a bit. Base. It was the definition of just a bit of a dog. Just didn't nothing click with it. Not that good. Um, the other two I would say are the uh, when I bought the Gibson Ripper. Oh yeah, just not very good. Oh, yeah, you bought good. an old one, really heavy. Uh, yeah, seventy-eight, really heavy. Didn't sound that good. Never really worked properly. I set, quite liked the reissue. Just they set did. up really badly. Uh, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. There wasn't really a standard reissue, was it? They changed a load of stuff. No. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is that Rickenbacker four thousand because 
Although... God, you've bought loads of stuff that you didn't like. Yeah. What, what, what do you mean you re- you don't regret buying that? I do, because I then regret selling it and then not having it now. Even though I didn't like it as a base. Right. I sort of wish that I'd never got involved with it. Because the whole thing, the whole ordeal was just arduous. Like, buying it, got posted through the letterbox, essentially, in a bin bag uh, with no case. And then had to get in touch with the guy who posted it and said, you've posted this in a bin bag and it's basically like really damaged. And he said, yeah, sort of, I've just lost my job, so you can't really have any money back. And I was like, mm, okay, I'll just need to put in a claim with eBay. And he said... Better sell some CDs then, Mark. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, he said, oh, I'll just give you some money back. And then I felt guilty about that, and then I didn't like it, and then I sold it. Uh, the whole thing, I just wish I hadn't got involved. And then years later, seeing one in Guitar Centre for like loads and loads of money, uh, yeah, I just wish I'd not bothered. <laughs> Upsetting. Let's do one more question, and uh, then we'll do some more stuff in the Patreon episode. This one comes from Paul, who says, What's the Angry Charlie up against in terms of competition? Angry Charlie being the JHS drive pedal? Yeah, the uh, hot rodded Marshall plexi type thing. What's the uh, what's uh, the competition? The Sir Riot Drive actually is probably the closest um, in competition. Very similar sort of high gain overdrive, looks awesome. Um, there's another one as well, and I can't think. I think oh, the exotic um, SL Drive, which is once again based on that sort of hot rodded Marshall. But the advantage of that one is that you've got loads of different Marshall tones via a dip switch in this, in like underneath. Okay. So you can get like a super basement, um, not super basement. What was that big? Was it not? Um, I'm trying to think of that old Marshall now. Not um, not basement. JTM? Something similar. Blues breaker. JTM. Quite quite possibly. I can't th- I can't for the life of me think what it is now. But yeah. JMP. There's the exotic. Maybe. Fender? No Marshall. Oh right. Okay. No, there was a Fender, there was a Fender, uh, Fender, a Marshall bass amp, and I can't think what it was called. Um, I'm gonna have to, have, I'm gonna have to look it up because it's gonna really annoy me. But yeah, the exotic SL drive and the Sir Riot drive are the um, the two closest things to the Angry Charlie. I still think the Angry Charlie sounds better, um, but um, a lot of people have had good success with the um, the other two. So it's Marshall, hot rodded Marshall in a box, basically. Basically, Don't, yeah, they're all like is, hot rodded plexis. Wampler do a, the plextortion, I guess, is probably a. Yeah, I, I think the plextortion doesn't have as much gain though okay. um, to me. Um, the uh, Angry Charlie and the um, the SL drive especially have like loads and loads of gain on tap which is quite cool because it's really responsive to the volume control but it's also the gain control on the um, the actual pedal itself is really responsive it goes from a really light sort of cranked marshally drive to something like really full on sort of like really like Van Halen-esque or something like that where okay. the Plextortion covers the kind of big range of Marshall sounds but I don't think it has as much gain in it cool cool Okay, well, um, so that is all the questions for this week. All submitted through the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash guitar nerds forum. If you want to hear some more, we're going to answer some more over on the Patreon episode as well as talking about the guitar nerds plans for 2016. Got some some things happening and stuff and you'll get a little sneak peek into the window of things. if you want to hear that, do head over to patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds uh, where you can sign up from as little as $5 a month and you'll get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds every week. Sign up. 
Indeed. Uh, and um, if you join the top level, you'll be uh, one of our executive producers, like these people. Phil Tomzett, Colin Anderson, Scott O'Brien, Moo Gravett, Fletch Fletcher, Matt Quine, Jack Conroy, Chris Wilson, Will Clare, Dale Rasco, Jack Godfrey, Paul Corrigan, Eric Seary. That's but, almost too long for me to do in one breath now. Well, I was about to say that uh, we've limited the number of executive producers we can have, and there are only a few more spots available. Um, and we're going to be doing some special stuff for the executive producers uh, that we haven't talked about yet, but uh, we're going to do some extra kind of special rewards, maybe like some sort of like live thing or some sort of video thing um, where people can join in, basically, and we can talk and send questions and things like that, some sort of live stream. Uh, we haven't worked out the details, but to find out about that, you need to be one of the top-level backers. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash guitar nerds, instagram.com forward slash guitar nerds, uh, on YouTube, guitar nerds videos. Um, that's about it. You Any can others? I think that's it. I'm at oh. Mark, Mark underscore random. Matt's Matt underscore Nightsy. Jay's at JAYBM1. Joe's at Joseph underscore 900. Player. I feel like it, we're a bit rusty. Do you I feel think? like yeah. I'm a bit rusty. I think it feels. I, I was also going to say they did make. Marshall did make a, a bass amp called the Super Bass. Or the there Super we bass go. Lead. Of course. Of um, course. Which, if, we'd, if we'd uh, been on our game, we would know about that. Give us a couple of episodes to get back into the 2016 thing. Um, and, uh, we're all going to be, I think. Once Nam is fully underway, I think last year it's we were so much to talk when about. Weren't we weren't yeah. we doing a podcast whilst they were announcing stuff? Yeah, at Nam, yeah. and we were just like, "Oh my god, this yeah. is been announced!" Yeah, we'll have to work out how that works this year because we don't. What we don't want to do is do a podcast the day before Nam starts. No, yeah. and then we don't know about anything. And then by we, the time we roll around to the next one, maybe we can do some. Mm, I don't know. I don't know we'll work something out we'll we'll work something out but what we will do is obviously there's going to be loads of content going up on the site guitarnerds.net I'll probably be doing a sort of NAM video roundup in some way or another um, and we'll have podcasts in and around the time that it's uh, it's going on oh yeah oh I spoke to Mothers this week as well who? I'm going to put up a little thing about their gear Mothers? Mothers I really like Mothers they're really really good little three piece (laughs) 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 with that I think we should maybe call it an evening Um, we'll see you next week thank you bye 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 deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.